Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer. Today we're going to talk about tetanus. This is a huge subject for a lot of people. I have many, many moms say, I don't immunize my children except for just the tetanus shot. Well, that's kind of scary because you need to understand that the tetanus shot is responsible for a lot of problems down the road, and it's so curable. Compton Burnett actually wrote about it quite extensively, and Hypericum is the cure for tetanus because it affects the nerves, and the nerves are what get inflamed, and it's very interesting. If you read, if you look up, I think you can actually Google Compton Burnett's discussion on tetanus, but we add the Ledum because of the puncture wounds, and Ledum and Hypericum complement each other so perfectly. So I'm going to tell you a few stories about the Ledum and Hypericum together, and I've talked about them on, because you only have so many stories in your little world, you know, <laughs> so I repeat myself after a while, but it, they're worth repeating, because these are such amazing stories. The first time I was, I used Ledum and Hypericum, I actually added the tinctures as well, so and I say tinctures because I use St. John's wort and I use calendula. And St. John's wort is hypericum, okay? So I use that as well in the tincture form when it's something very, very serious. And the first time that I encountered tetanus, it was a very, very serious situation. It was my daughter's top game horse. And he, the kids came running in. And this was after I told, I told the story about our horse who had the West Nile. Well, this, this horse, a couple years later... After our West Nile incident, it was a different horse, and the kids came running in. And said, mom, mom, he's got he's got West Nile, and I went, I ran out. I grabbed the Belladonna, and I ran out the door, and I went and here this horse. And I'm not kidding you. I'm <laughs> not exaggerating. You know, this isn't a fishing story. This is absolute truth. But I got out to the barnyard, and the kids had brought him out, and he had gone down on the yard, and he was. He was spinning him. He was down on his side, and he was spinning himself in a circle, pawing at the ground. And so he had dug up all the yard because we, you know, had a really nice, pretty yard. And he was digging up the yard as he was spinning his body, and he couldn't get up. His head was already curling back. I don't know if you know what tetanus is, but it is the dreaded disease of farmers. Basically, that's why farm moms always tell their kids, "Don't go out without your shoes. Put your shoes on." You know, and it's really, really sad, but puncture wounds from nails and other injuries out in the dirt, especially when there's like I say farm animals and rust and other you know rotting foreign matter out in the dirt, tetanus is easily picked up when there's a puncture wound because it has to enter the body through a puncture wound, much like meningitis, things like that. So anyway, when we were little kids, as soon as we had a puncture wound, mom had us in and we were soaking our foot in the Epsom salt so that it would pull that disease out, back out of the body. And we always had our tetanus shots. Everybody did because before the tetanus shots, 
the vaccinations, yes, there were a lot of people who would succumb to the disease of tetanus. It was a horrid death. Animals will succumb to it very easily because we don't always know they had a puncture wound. We don't know what's going on with them. I've actually, like I said, seen a horse die of tetanus once. It was They ended up shooting him to put him out of his misery. But um, it's horrible because I could he- we could hear that horse scream and my dad would told us kids you kids get out of here but we stood far enough away so we could listen and it was horrible because he was just screaming screaming and his head literally curled back because that what happens is this it attacks that spinal cord all the nerve endings in the spine and the head curves back and will literally touch the tailbone before death occurs and it's horrible okay so that's tetanus horrifies the nations everybody has to have their tetanus shot right no, because hypericum is the cure. St. John's wort is the cure for tetanus. But like I said, in homeopathy, we always give letum as well because it is specific to the puncture wound situation. And if I actually took, uh, we now have this, what I call tetanus kit on my store. I have the tetanus homeopathic kit and I have the tetanus deluxe kit, which we added the St. John's wort and the calendula as well, and I'm coming to that. But we added those as well so that the soak can take place. So anyway, back to my story. (laughs) I went out to the driveway or out to the yard, and here this horse was spinning himself. His front feet were just working back and forth, and he was spinning himself in this big circle. And his head was already starting to curve back because, like I say, he was spinning himself. And I said, that's not West Nile, girls. That's tetanus. And they said, what are you talking about, Mom? I said, check his feet. And I ran to the house. I grabbed the leader and hypericum. I went running back out, gave him to the girls. And I said, start giving him these two remedies in alternating fashion. And I gave them the 30C potencies. And they said, my daughter says, Mom, I did find glass in his foot. And I says, dig it out. And she goes, I can't. I said, what do you mean you can't? And she said, Mom, she said, it's, I can't get it. Because the girl sat on him and they got, they looked at his feet. And I said, oh, my goodness. I said, okay, I'll go call the farrier and I'm going to get some foot soak. So I'm giving him these remedies. So I went in the house. By the time I got a hold of the farrier and found my tinctures, because I wanted to soak his feet however I could, because I didn't know how I was going to do that with him, pawing at the ground that way. But I just grabbed the, a bucket of water, hot water, put in, two dropperfuls each of hypericum and calendula. Normally for a person, it's only like one dropperful of each, but it was a horse, so I put in a couple. And then I went back outside. It was about 15 minutes, before, and I told the kids, I said, the figure can't be here until about an hour, I said. and it, But anyways, I got out there. The horse was already up. They had given him one dose of each, the hypericum and leadum, and he was already up, and he was nosing the grass. I says, oh, my gosh. And, the, and Joni says, I know. I says, I, she says, I can't believe that he's doing so much better. Anyway, so we kept giving him the lead and hypericum alternating every 15 minutes. And he didn't want to move around. He was willing to stand there with his foot in the bucket. So he put his foot in the bucket well, to soak. And that's the position he was in when the farrier came an hour and a half later. I said, oh, I'm so glad you're here. I said, he's got tetanus. <laughs> he laughed at me. He said, he doesn't have tetanus. I says, oh, you didn't see him an hour ago. I said, yes, he does. So anyway, he proceeds, takes the foot out of the bucket, and he proceeds to try to pull the glass out of the foot because you could see it emerge from the soft part of his foot. Because a horse, on the, if you look at the bottom of the foot, they have the hoof, which is the outer perimeter, and then they have the frog, which we call the frog. It's the, the centerpiece. And here 
it's at the very center of the foot and then they have the soft fleshy part that's protected from the hoof and the and the frog and that's where the glass was embedded and that part of the the hoof it's that soft you can literally break right through the flesh very easily and that was that's where the glass was embedded it took the farrier so long to get that out he was in it was only like maybe a quarter of an inch sticking out so he had to peel back and and carve back so much of his hoof and when he finally got that piece of glass out it was an old like an old blue mason canning jar and it was an inch and a half long he's just like he looked at me and he said what did you give that horse he could not believe that he was up like this and he said this is not good you know in the horse industry we know that if you puncture that part of the hoof it can be a death sentence because it goes directly to the bloodstream and I said well we'll keep soaking it we'll keep giving him leadum hypericum I says I, I you know and he didn't give us a whole lot of hope. He says, this is, this is a very serious wound. He said, I'd get that horse on antibiotics. I said, no, no, we're just going to keep on with what we're doing because it's working. You could see that it was physically working. And he did not like the idea of not giving the horse antibiotics. But he said, this is amazing. He had to admit. And anyways, it turned out we kept treating the horse. And he went on to have you know, good health after that. But it was an amazing, amazing story. And no one would have believed that we could pull that horse out of that type of injury after seeing him paw the ground like that. It was, like I said, it was, it was too much. It was too, in, too, too unbelievable. And so I'll tell you about the tinctures. The tinctures, we've talked about those in our burn podcast as well. St. John's wort and calendula tinctures are so amazing for healing skin, wounds, things like that, that it's, everybody should have them in their first aid kit. They can be purchased, like I said, I think we'll get them, we have them on our website individually as well because the tinctures are so important. And I like tinctures. I sell the herbs in our store, different herbs and powders and roots or whatever, but tinctures, I only sell the tinctures that are preserved in alcohol because then I know they're going to be good for all time. I don't really deal with the whole glycerin thing. Yes, I know there are some people who are susceptible to alcohol, any kind of alcohol, but they need to make their own tinctures then, if that be the case. <laughs> and in little kids, even a tiny bit of alcohol, it's only preserved in 20% alcohol, and you dilute them down in water anyway, so that's so minute that it's not even, it's not dangerous, because it's not like you give a tincture for a super long period of time. So I have my tinctures preserved in alcohol, so they last forever. I know my, I had a da- my daughter the other day, she has, her daughter has a cough, and she says, Mom, I gave her this remedy, and it aggravated the cough, and she's, you know, just not really pulling out of it the way I'd like. And I said, sweetie, then go ahead and give her the lobelia like you did a couple years ago when she had a really, really bad cough. She's like, oh, yeah. She goes, oh, here it is. Is it still good? And I said, absolutely. It's preserved in alcohol, so it's good for all time. So she was going to give her some lobelia to help her get up and over that, that hump of that cough because our family has that predisposition of lung disease, okay? So anyway, back to the tetanus. <laughs> So the Leadum Hyper or the St. John's wort and the calendula work so fantastic to heal wounds, puncture wounds, burns, external, anything where it involves the skin or injury to the skin or in parts of the skin. So remember we talked about if you, you take and you make up your tincture water, which is like one squirt, which is about twenty drops of St. John's wort, twenty drops of calendula and you dip your gauze in that and place it over the skin, keep it moist, that will heal literally any burn. We had a a gentleman, my homeopath, who had told me that if you you wrap that 
burned area and keep it moist for eight days when you finally peel off that final layer. And make sure the gauze is the kind of gauze that doesn't, it's real smooth so that it, it doesn't make little marks on the skin because that can actually be irritating. And then keep that moist for eight days. And when you peel that off, that skin will be healed underneath. It's, it's absolutely amazing. I've actually done it, not with severe, severe burns, but with burns that you would think that's definitely going to scar. And you wrap that and keep it moist for eight days. It's just crazy how that heals right up. So it's doing the same thing when the body absorbs it through the puncture wounds because tetanus is caused from the bacteria Clostridium tetani that can easily be picked up in the soil. And hypericum is the cure for that. It kills that bacteria. So when you soak your foot in that hot water, it helps to pull that out. I like to add Epsom salt even because Epsom salt is very drying. And that's why little kids, you'll always see that, you know, stick their feet in that hot Epsom salt water. It has drying properties. As the hot water actually expands the, the, the fleshy part of the foot and the, all the, the venous system, and then as that water cools, it draws that bacteria out. So that's why you always make the kids leave their feet in there until that water's cool. And so, the, like I say, those two tinctures work together just like the hypericum and the leadum remedies work together to kill and to heal the wound, to kill the bacteria and heal the wound. So there are so many things that we can talk about when it comes to tetanus and like the remedies. So let's just talk about the individual remedies for a second. Leadum, like I say, leadum is for specific for puncture wounds. And it's also really good for black eyes. So if someone has, they've been whacked in the eye or they have that that blood in the cavity of the eye, because see, that's what happens is if someone gets whacked in the eye, the blood drains down into the eye socket, and that's what will cause that black eye, and it'll last for a couple weeks. So by taking Arnica, Arnica for the injury and the trauma, as well as the Leadum, that Leadum will help dissipate that blood, break it up, and move it out and away from the injury site, because true healing can't take place until the blood is actually gone. And I know when my daughter had her head injury, I thought later, I says, oh, you know, I should have been giving her Leadum as well, which I didn't because I didn't know it's about its moving properties. But it would have really even helped the action of the Arnica even more so than what did occur. The Leadum is absolutely amazing for black eyes. It's amazing for any type of puncture wound, any bee stings, slivers, anything like that. It's absolutely amazing to watch it work. Leadum is excellent for pains that through, shoot through the foot and the limb, like rheumatism that begins in the lower limbs and ascends upward. Soles are painful and you can hardly step on them type of situation. Or when the feet itch at night and they're really stiff and sore in the morning. That can be a leadum situation. Leadum, it's kind of funny because it's wild rosemary. And rosemary is in a very, it's a very efficient essential oil. One I only use rarely because it does have some camphor properties, but like I said, I'll use that as a backup when my homeopathic remedies aren't doing what I want them to do. I will use the essential oil rosemary because it's, like I say, it's really, it's an excellent, Leadum is an excellent remedy for persons who are gouty. It's, and I say gouty, gouty, rheumatism, things like that, and that's very often caused for excess bile from excess bile in the body. So, and you can, these types of persons are more subject to gallbladder attacks, things like that. And so in a situation, like I said, I have been using homeopathic remedies for gallbladder. They fail to work. I use the rosemary, the actual tincture 
of or tincture the essential oil rosemary place it over with the carrier oil over the gallbladder area put a hot compress on and the gallbladder pain goes away but like I said I kind of choose uh, it's it's not enough camphor to really be super alarmed about but it's you know I like I say I don't use that until I need to so for the tetanus situation like I said Ledum and Hypericum is is the duo that we use for tetanus Hypericum is probably sufficient for curing the tetanus, the fear of tetanus and getting rid of the, the bacteria. But Ledum, like I said, addresses the wound, the actual puncture wound that has caused the body to be subject to the Clostridium tetani. And so the two of them together. And don't forget the tinctures if you have them on hand. I, it's, I just love to have these tinctures on hand for anything anyway. Like I said, burns, any sort of unexpected emergency type of situation and one more story actually a couple more stories about the Ledum and Hypericum together are so amazing I had a young lady who had an epidural when her child was born and I was in contact with her over the course of two weeks and I was like what is going on I finally went to see her because she just kept saying I don't feel well I, I just don't feel good and so when I finally went to see her come to find out I says what do you mean you know what do you mean you don't feel good? And she says, oh, my back hurts so bad. And, you know, I said, oh, well, where does it hurt? She goes, well, right here. And I was expecting her to have tailbone pain or something like that. You know, I, I don't know what I was expecting. But when she pointed to the middle of her back, I says, why would your back hurt there? She says, I don't know. And so she lifted up her shirt. And here, the site where they had given her the epidural was right about where her bra strap irritated the site and it was you could still visibly see and I'm not joking it was like 12 days after her baby was born you could visibly see that where the puncture wound had been from the epidural and so I called my homeopath this was so many years ago I didn't even you know it anyway I called my homeopath and he I explained the situation to him and he said oh my gosh give her lead him I said lead him he goes yeah for the puncture wound oh I said should I give her hypericum too and he said sure so I gave her Ledum and Hypericum alternating and she just sat there on the sofa and she looked at me and she said oh my goodness I feel so much better and from that point on she just started getting better but here she had that severe irritation on the nerve from the epidural and she, her body just couldn't get over it and you wouldn't even know she had had a baby it was just all she did was complain about that specific spot so it's you know it's not just for tetanus this dynamic duo for you know puncture wounds and <laughs> clostridium tetani it's it's just amazing for any kind of puncture wound step on a nail I had one gentleman step on a nail and the solar plexus part of his foot the pain was so intense he was literally in tears when I thought to give the Liedemann Hypericum he started getting better I don't know I can't even imagine what would have happened to him had he not had that Liedemann Hypericum it was a construction site injury and then, of course, I remember, yeah, I don't know, remember if you remember I telling the story of one of my sons who had been out playing volleyball all day long. And, of course, the ball goes into the woods. You have to go get the ball. And he gets poison ivy, not like severe poison ivy, but he will get contact poison ivy. So he had his, his shoes on, you know, how kids play outdoors. And they, around exactly where the shoes came around his feet, like, you know, what do they call those? It's not like they're just slip-on shoes. And where his slip-on shoes 
around that whole area, he got had gotten the poison ivy. And on top of that, he had sunburn. <laughs> anyway, his feet blistered up around that whole area where those slip-on shoes came to an end at the top of his feet. He didn't tell me about it until, I don't know how many days later, he's like, um, Mom, he says, do you have anything for this poison ivy? And I'm like, I looked at his feet, and I could not believe it. Here he had all these huge blisters. Half of them were popped and oozing, and he had that red line running up the side of his leg. Well, red a red line anywhere on the skin. Remember, my parents used to say, when that red line gets to your heart, you die. <laughs> so we were always deathly afraid of red lines running up our skin up our bodies because from the injury site if that infection takes hold in the bloodstream that red line will run up and you know I don't know (laughs) it never got to the it never got to our heart because my mom would always you know soak our hands or feet or whatever but I looked at my son's foot and here this red line was running up the outside of his leg and I said oh my goodness why didn't you tell me about this sooner I don't know and so he I started giving him the Ledum Hypericum 30C and I said, and I told him, I have to run to town. I'll be back. And so I came back, and here this red line continued going up the side of his leg. I said, this always works. What is going on here? I didn't know what to do. I was in a panic. I was ready to run him to the hospital. And I said, oh, you know, I'll just try 200. So I gave him 200s of Ledum Hypericum. And within an hour, that red line was almost completely gone. It had just started going right back down his leg, and it was almost like Sam was completely gone. So from that point on, I always knew that that, I told him, I said, you need to remember that your whole kit needs 200s because his vitality is so amazing. I mean, he's he's the kid that when he goes to touch a magnet, you know, those little puzzle magnets, it would go off when he's still two inches away because his energy is just so abundant. So that kind of vitality needs a higher potency. And I told him, I said, just remember this. As long as your health is good, this is where you need to be with potency. And so... I always keep that in mind when it comes to the Liedemann Hypericum. I start with 30 Cs, and you want a C versus an X when it comes to Liedemann Hypericum because you want this to work homeopathically. You want it to speak to the body very quickly. Then the body steeps up its vital force against that particular bacteria and heals itself. So just keep that in mind. Like When you're dealing with kids, it's okay to even reach for the 200 first because their vitality is so high. But with my horse... You know, he was so, so sick that I just gave him the 30C. Normally with animals, I, I do like to use a 200 because they have a higher vitality than, than humans. They don't have, you know, all the, the mental anguish that humans have that keep our vitality low. <laughs> okay, I'm going to speak a little bit about just Hypericum. And Hypericum is so amazing in that it is the nerve remedy. And I say the nerve remedy because I had a case once. Oh, I love this man. He was such a wonderful man. He came to get his case taken. And his story was such a fun one to watch because he was so animated. And as he proceeded to tell me about all his life, he had injuries throughout his entire life. I mean, he, he lost fingers. He just, he had all these accidents. He was so much fun. And every time, time he would tell the story he would touch the spot where his injury had occurred and then he would follow that injury up according along the whole nerve the whole nerve line and he would and as that that story proceeded he his hand was his the hand that was pointing to the injury site it would follow it all the way up and everywhere it 
the pain would go in his body. It was it was so funny. And as it turns out, he did so well on just the remedy Hypericum because it spoke to every single part of his life that everything was a nerve pain. And it was just, it was an amazing, amazing story. And I learned so much about Hypericum through that because I was still working with the doctor on every single case. And so the whole study of Hypericum came to be through that case. And it was amazing. And I learned to appreciate St. John's wort so much because it's so healing. And, it, and when we have nerve pain, it will consume our mind, our body. It can be so bad. You have to remember that hypericum is the kind of nerve pain that's like a short nerve pain. Like you, you slam your, you know, you hit your, obviously you hit your hand with a hammer or your thumb with a hammer or you slam your hand in the car door. How many little kids do that, right? It seems like every single time someone comes to visit me, someone, one of the little kids gets their hand slammed in the door because there are so many other siblings running around and the little one kid is getting in the van the next one slams his door in the hand or his hand in the door it's pretty funny but the hypericum pain is tooth pain finger pain owie pain injuries to the nerves any part of the body the spinal tap the epidurals any kind of pain where you would say oh, i need an aspirin i have a headache or i have you know an owie it's irreplaceable we have long nerve pain as well, and there are a few remedies for long nerve pain like spigalia, naphalium, things like that. But with hypericum, like I say, it's short nerve pain, it's injuries. And it will very quickly dissipate those pains. I use hypericum in higher potency, like a 200, to really touch the mentals when someone is dying. They are, they're having those kinds of pains where like, the doctor wants to put them on morphine. And, of course, morphine, most people, oddly enough, are affected horribly by morphine. They have hallucinations, headaches. The side effects are so great that I don't like to see people have to take morphine. If they can take Hypericum 200, it is so amazing how their pains will just go away. I, you know, like I said, this is getting off the subject again, but Arsenicum for fear of dying and the Hypericum for pain people who are dying and it doesn't matter if they're dying of cancer or if they're just dying of old age those two remedies alone will help a person to die a beautiful death without drugs and they're able to talk to their families and tell them I love you and you're going to be fine type of thing but hypericum is so amazing for that kind of pain as well okay I don't know if I have answered all your questions about the dreaded tetanus disease but if you can come away from this podcast and not have such a great fear of tetanus, I will have done my job. Like I said, I, I've seen families that if their susceptibility is in structure and the spinal cord and the, in the, verte, the vertebral area, it, the tetanus vaccine can, will actually you know, exacerbate those symptoms. And so if you can stay away from that vaccine, definitely do so and don't be afraid of it because you can you can actually immunize homeopathically your children for tetanus that situation is addressed in our homeoprophylaxis course very well and like I said you, you need not be afraid of it it's yes it's it's scary and it's a dread disease but we have the cure
Like I said, Compton Burnett knew about this cure over 130 years ago. He wrote about it extensively. It's just that this good information gets pushed aside for the sake of, you know, big pharma. You know, oh, you have to have this. We have to be vaccinated or you're going to die. When I went to the hospital, my daughter, she was three years old. She had tried riding our our big, huge golden retriever. He was he was getting up there in age. He was such a wonderful dog. But anyway, she used to try to ride him like a pony. Well, it's, at three, she's getting bigger now. So he's laying down. And as my other daughter came around the corner of the barn, she's seen this whole thing take place very quickly. But Sophie was riding the doggy, and he just got sick of it. He stood up, and, he, and she fell off, and he took both his front feet, and he went to go on either side of her face with his feet and he just looked down at her like stop it <laughs> but when he did that his dewclaw actually scratched her nose and cut the side of her nose and bruised her ear and so my other daughter came running in and well when that dewclaw hit that side of that nose at three years old it, it tore open the flesh on her her nose and so I took her in because she needed stitches it was it, well at that time, I thought she needed stitches because it was a face wound and it was bleeding like crazy, and I could see that the skin was peeled back. And I, now I would have just, you know, cl- cleaned the wound really, really well, and I would have just super glued that in a couple of spots just to keep it from falling open. <laughs> anyway, that's what I do now. But at that time, I took her into the hospital to for you know her emergency because it was after hours, and. I get in there and the doctor's like, okay, so all her immunizations are up to date. And I'm like, or her vaccinations, they call them immunizations, but it's not immunizations. It's vaccinations all up to date. And I said, oh no, she's never been vaccinated. He looked at me. He said, oh, this is a tetanus situation. He says, you have to, I said, it's not a puncture wound. He says, she has to have her tetanus shot. I won't touch her if she doesn't have her tetanus shot. And I says, okay, then we're leaving. He says, you can't leave. He said, this needs stitches. And I said, I'm not giving her a shot because at that point, when you actually have the situation, they have to give you two shots. They have to give you one to basically clean the surface and then the t- tetanus shot. And that, the first one, is actually just as dangerous as the tetanus shot itself. And I said, no. And all those nurses just looked at each other. They're all standing around in the emergency room. They just all took off and left the doctor sitting there and says, well, I'm not going to. Uh, we have to do this, and you have to give her a tetanus shot. And I looked at him, and I said, I know my rights. I do not have to give her a tetanus shot. Oh, he got so upset. He left the room. And when those nurses and the doctor came back, they had so many papers for me to sign, you can't believe it. And he said, do you know how deadly tetanus is? And I said, yes, I do, doctor. But I also know, as her parent, I have a right. So I had to sign all these papers, signing away all my rights, or, you know, whatever, that I understood that tetanus is deadly, da-da-da-da-da. And I signed all their papers, and they stitched her up, and I went home. But I was so angry. I... They didn't even care that I knew what I was doing, and they tried to tell me I had no rights. Well, I didn't get angry. I didn't get scared acting. I just looked them in the eye and I said, I have rights. I am the parent. I do not have to give my child a vaccination. And then they gave me the papers to sign. But So don't let them intimidate you when you go into the hospital and they tell you your child has to have a tetanus shot. My son-in-law went in the other day, and he let them give him a tetanus shot because he wasn't going to sit there and do battle with the doctors. I'm like, oh my goodness, you don't have to do battle. You just say, I have rights. And he was an adult, okay? He wasn't even fighting for his child. But at that time, here the body is in a weakened condition anyway because it's been injured. 
and now they want to give you you know when the body's going to be trying to heal they want to start hitting you with stuff that your body's going to have to now it's going to have to do battle in two areas you know no just say I'll watch my kid closely don't worry about it I'll use the homeopathic remedies we'll soak the site we'll do everything right doc don't worry about it and if anything comes up you can be sure I'll bring him in and you can slap him on antibiotics <laughs> so just don't be afraid of tetanus because it's so curable like I say, give the Ledum and the Hypericum alternating. I like to give Arnica for injury and trauma or Aconite for fear, depending. Uh, I always give Arnica whenever there's, like I said, whenever there's an injury of any kind or any sort of trauma. But if I see that that mental, I'm going to die, mommy, am I going to die situation arises, then give the Aconite. My kids don't usually feel like that, but a lot of children do. And so if you can just, you know, have your arsenal of and be prepared it's not a scary thing. It's very, very curable. So, like I said, and do yourself a favor. I do Google Compton Burnett and his study on, on tetanus. So, like I said, I, I will have these things available. We do have the St. John's Wort and different tinctures and calendula and different tinctures online at our, our store now. And the Lidum and Hypericum and all the different potencies as well as arnica and different potencies and it's yeah just have your arsenal and have your little first aid kit ready and always have epsom salt in your first aid kit and even bentonite clay bentonite clay you can make a poultice so even after you've soaked the feet, foot in epsom salt let it cool then you can even do a, a poultice and the bentonite clay continues to do that drying properties because sometimes an injury is so bad they have to sit with a foot up anyway or a limb up anyway and you might as well just put an, a nice poultice on there to keep that drying property going but if it's too too open don't put a poultice on it because you you just want to keep the only the tinctures on there just for the healing properties so i will let you go and like i said now you can go out there and not be afraid of puncture wounds. <laughs> okay, may God bless you and yours. If you're enjoying these podcasts, would you please take two minutes to leave a rating or review on iTunes? Doing this helps more people to find this podcast, which means more people can benefit from learning about homeopathy. Also, don't miss Sue's live two-hour online class, The Basics of Homeopathy, on August 15th. If you are new to homeopathy or have been using it for a while but haven't quite gotten the hang of choosing a remedy and dosing, you won't want to miss this class and Q&A time with Sue. This is the introductory class for a full study group series of monthly classes that will start in September. To find out more information about how you can register, go to our website at homeopathyformommies.com and click Online Training Classes. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.